Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 153 with my friend, Philip Brandis. Philip is the... We're going to do something a little different. Philip is the founder of Bravis Brewing, and if you guys have been listening to this show, you know Bravis Brewing is one of our sponsors. I've been an affiliate for years, uh, and I got to talk to the founder for um, maybe not the first time, though we both can't pinpoint, you know, I think we I think we just exist in the same world. Um, so this is a fun uh, little knowledge piece. If you guys have been thinking about the non-alcoholic space or been wondering what the hell I've been talking about all the time, uh, we really get into it and find out a little background of how Philip got into this, as well as uh, some of the products that they have and proprietary means they have. Uh, really, really interesting conversation. I'm glad I got to sit down and talk with him. And I hope you guys enjoy this. And I'll talk to you at the end of the episode. Okay? Okay. I'm not going to put a Bravis ad in the middle of the Bravis interview. Don't worry. So without further ado, here's my friend, Philip. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? Well, hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's been a long time. Yeah. So... I was uh, I was playing with that idea. I saw that response from you, and I was like, "Wait, when did we last communicate?" <laughs> I mean, I think it's been on the like you know, uh, email a long time ago. Or, I mean, you've you've been in this in the NA space for a while, right? Yeah, um, and I've been. I think uh, yeah. Full disclosure. I mean, I've been a Bravis affiliate. I think since twenty nineteen. Or yeah, yeah. No, I remember right? on the groups and things like that. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, so yeah, it's a, that's, that's what I was trying to figure out. It's like, God, it's, it's been crazy. It's nice to see, uh, I was, I was happy to see your name pop up in the, um, in the press releases and everything for Gravitas, which obviously I want to get to eventually as well and talk about that. I feel like, yeah, yeah. We're actually just, uh, just packaging it today. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so pumped and I obviously have, <laughs> different feelings each year. Um, I'll get into that. I got a bunch of gravitas questions and thoughts. Um, I didn't know what you had in mind as far as uh, today goes and this interview goes. I want to talk obviously about gravitas and get a little backstory outside of the blurb you find on the website and that sort of thing. Um, But then, you know, if you have the time, I'd love to dive in a little deeper as well. So uh, I'll kind of play ball by your rules and, and go from there. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, you tell me what you want to get into, and we'll get into it. Perfect. Well, yeah, if we can start with, with you specifically, I mean, you can find out from, from the blurbs and a couple interviews and stuff, you were not in the beer space at all prior to, what, 2015, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, I was doing something uh, that's probably the farthest removed from making beer, and I was making uh, software code, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, uh, it's been a, a wild ride, as you know. I mean, you've been there uh, almost since the beginning as well. It's, 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 it's still, it's funny. It still lacks awareness this category, but uh, obviously, it's doing quite well, especially up against uh, alcoholic beer. And so, it's been a, it's a trip. Uh, I think as we move forward here, it's, it's, um, you know, days go by where it's, it's, it's strange to me because when I grew up, and I'm sure similarly. 
if you didn't drink, you were sort of the odd, odd person out. And now it's, it's, it's getting to the point where if you do drink, you're the odd person out. So it's, it's good to see that, that change making its way. It's about time, right? Oh, absolutely. How did I get started? Is, is that what you want to know? Well, because uh, <laughs> I was doing some software code, but I had a good friend of mine who uh, was uh, a big craft beer nerd, junkie, aficionado, however you want to put it. And he was homebrewing. Gosh, when we were in high school, I mean, we were 16, 17, he was sitting there fermenting up uh, strange concoctions, something <laughs> called an IPA, which I had no idea was yeah. uh, at the time, and took a sip and spit it out, uh, right? I think most people do. Yeah. Uh, and told him, look, you'll never make anything as great as a, a Bud Light, so good luck to you. <laughs> but uh, fast forward, uh, <laughs> when IPAs became the, the force that they are, and, and craft beer in general, you know, he stuck with it and, and really loved it. And uh, of course, right around that time, maybe a little bit earlier, brewers were like, let's see how much booze we can stick into a, a beer, a craft beer. Let's make a double IPA, triple IPA. Let's take a, an imperial stout and barrel age it. Let's oh, make yeah. it 5 billion percent. <laughs> and to me, beer was always something you drank cold, you drank fast, and you drank a lot of them. And, and here was something else you, you drank it slowly uh you know it tended to get warm after a while and boy it sure knocked you on your ass when you did and so he uh unfortunately developed an issue with it and, and got to a point where his wife said look uh it's either me or me or our family and, or the beer and for a young uh, guy it's a hard decision and so he uh chose wisely he chose the beer no kidding he, he chose his family and Gave up the beer, but went to the, you know, the ubiquitous Odules and Sharps and all the other grocery uh, loggers at the time. And oh, was yeah. just so disappointed. He was just like, you know, he would he'd go to a restaurant. He would whisper to the waiter, hey, can I have an, an N.A. beer? Right. He didn't want anyone to know. And of course, when the beer came to the table, the same Odules, he would actually turn the label around so that no one knew he was drinking an N.A. beer, which was, uh, I don't know, I, I felt for the guy. And uh, to the point where I said, look, uh, I tell you what, you know, I, I'm looking for something different to do. You teach me how to homebrew. I'm going to come up with a solution for making uh, a good tasting in a beer and um, dove into it, built a little brewery in the garage. And he taught me to homebrew and got all the equipment and had fun. And, uh, we went through all the different NA beers at the time. Um, and I realized we had to change the way we made them if this category was going to succeed because uh, again, it's, it was faced for many decades with pretty bad product and found some research. And again, using a little bit of technology that, that I was using, I, I figured out a way that uh, with the help of a very uh, smart microbiologist, her and I worked on a method where we just don't remove the alcohol because again, when you remove the alcohol, I think it leads to bad things. If you're a great chef, you don't make a dish by putting ingredients in and taking them back out. It's just bad things happen. And so her and I worked together on a process um, that uh, we just don't produce a lot um, uh, of alcohol in the first place through some proprietary yeast technology, brewing methods, things like that. And it's a it's a huge pain in the ass uh, the process, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it, it it makes things like the gravitas. It makes things like you know our liquid. I think our liquid is is among among the best out there, and allows us to make very sort of wide ranging styles and we can apply the technology 
as I'll talk about in a sec, to other products that we're coming out with, such as wine, spirits, and RTDs. So nice. anyway, that was a sort of long way around it. But yeah. uh, here we are today. Uh, you know, yeah, we're operating out of Anaheim now in a pretty amazing space. And uh, one of the few breweries, I think, to call it, um, call it our own space, which is nice. Uh, we have to uh, work on consistency. That's always the hard part. When making beer, anyone can make a, a beer, but uh, to make the same beer as you know, it's over and over again is, is the hard part. And so, oh, yeah. anyway. Yeah, and I, I for the people that won't be able to see this, obviously, you have, uh, what, three stories of cans behind you ready for uh yeah sorry that, that's, that's a, a picture of the, the actual brew is way way more uh, <laughs> uh it's, it's mayhem and noisy and i know you were harping on quiet so uh, i took a picture of the, of the back of what it would be and then uh i'm here back in the office yeah. uh, where well, i appreciate that so, I, but i appreciate the picture as well i uh <laughs> yeah yeah they're formerly you know because they're gone now two roots was right down the street from me after they moved their operations to michigan yep. and so ah. uh I was, and they took over Rochester Mills, who I was very close yes. with. I, I did a lot of coordinations with them back in my drinking days. And so I, I know that production facility very well. So that's, it's a very familiar picture behind you, the, the, the cans. Yes. And I was like, that's a, it's yeah, a fun little a, feel of being in the brewery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was unfortunate about them. I'm also one of the pioneers as well. So I'm curious about that too, because that like, obviously there's uh there's a lot of numbers being thrown around about non-alcoholic beer and during the pandemic it was like a 30 35 percent year over year growth over and over again and which is you want to hear that obviously and all these little breweries are coming up and um, that's my favorite thing one of my favorite things about alcoholic beer and it's funny your your theory on beer of drinking drinking a lot of them drinking fast is like what got me in trouble but <laughs> it's uh but one of the things I loved about it was was the variety, right? Because it became such a saturated market that you could get anything. You want a jalapeno chocolate IPA? Sure. Like right. someone's going to be making it and it's going to have a weird like fucking monkey on the cover and it, and then you'll buy it. <laughs> and like I liked that appeal a lot. That was one of my favorite part about the craft beer industry is there you really could try a different beer every day and never, yes. never be done. <laughs> um and then with right. the NA space, you know, especially in the early days, you know, it was like you guys in partake and like, that was it. <laughs> so yeah, to see yeah. it explode the way it has, um, you know, out by you, you have surreal and, and around the company and obviously athletics doing what they're doing. And, uh, it's yeah. a, it's a huge space now. And you see something you guys have been doing since the beginning, people making these small batches, uh, and you get these little fun things like the, what is it? The orange, uh, orange vanilla, Creepsicle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I, I love that. That's like, that one sticks in my brain. I was like, yes, that's delicious. <laughs> um, and I love that because you're starting to get these things offered from a lot of different people. But Two Roots concerned me when they shut down because I was like, uh-oh, is this market becoming too saturated? Because whereas not everyone's mm -hmm. sober, and I don't expect that to be a thing, and I'm curious about your ideas and like about where you fit in the sober space. We'll get to that eventually. But um as far as the marketplace goes, you know, I have a lot of people that get Bravis and stuff to interchange, right? They'll have a couple Bell's Two Hearteds and then they'll have a couple Bravis beers, yeah. you know, balance it out, which right. is a very healthy decision. Uh, so you're not just shit faced at the end of the night. But yeah, we call it zebra striping. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm wondering what is, is there a sustainability for the smaller breweries? 
because you know you can open a brewery in a small town and the locals can keep that like overhead going while they're brewing beer but you open a non-alcoholic brewery in a small town you're kind of fucked unless you have like distribution right away and you're good at it so that i'm just concerned i was concerned at the time that two roots was a sign of an oversaturated market and i'm wondering what your thoughts are on that because i don't know the answer <laughs> yeah absolutely no you brought up all great points uh i mean we're seeing even beer beers not now but they started really the, the pandemic was a big eye-opener and, and yeah they've become uh, local tap rooms local bars if you will to sustain um sustain operations and and i think without that it is it is difficult uh packaging uh, distribution is a very expensive uh, proposition for people. Uh, you really, I mean, that those that have kegs uh, and we're headed that way, but those that have kegs really, it's a way to do it. Uh, the package, the, the can, the, the lid, the pack deck, the case tray, the liquid's the cheapest part. <laughs> Everything else is very, very expensive. And unless you're buying all those things in very great quantities um you know there's huge quantities of scale at buying packaging and, and and canning it and the labor and things like that so and then distri distribution with you know their commissions and things like that distribution to i mean for any brewery is is tough you have to really get to scale uh, to succeed and it requires capital and you know i think at the end of the day and, and to themselves i mean it's just it's just a matter of having enough money to sustain that growth while you grow so you can get to a point of economies of scale and get that distribution, get sell through. Now competition is definitely, it's definitely playing in these days. And it's still at the end of the day, not out craft beer, very small market. And so I think if you're not diversifying into other sides of, of non-alc, such as wine, spirits, art, TVs, it's going to get tough and it is getting tough out there for sure. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, you have to build a brand, right? We 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 came up and we were the, one of the few, and people drank us because there's nothing else to drink. But <laughs> as we move forward here, you do have to start building a brand. You still have to get that awareness. You have to just like anything else. Um, and and look, plenty of of companies, beverage companies, given enough money, can have crappy product and and, and bad tasting liquid and and do quite well. But uh, you know, I think it's easier, obviously, if you have a, a little bit of both. And, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it's good old-fashioned capitalism, right, where it's going to get competitive. And and those that, that come out with a, a great brand that resonates with the drinking public, and look, it's not easy. I mean, non-alc is only been a couple of years. There's not data. And even retailers and wholesalers, I mean, we, we encounter them every day, like, oh, like, you know why what's the point and i mean that's they're far in, 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 in between now because they're realizing that that alcoholic beer is is unfortunately dying a slow death but um you know i, I think you have to realize that um that, that like other um other categories yeah competition does play a key role um in what's going on these days and it's getting more and more crowded because everyone has an inning now and even the smallest brewery in in in, in you know in, in podunk uh, is coming with an na but um and, and they are probably doing well because yeah like you said they're ser serving a, a local community um but i think for us we've always been had an eye on serving a national brand and so 
uh, yeah, distribution, I think for us, the key and not just uh, domestically, but sending product overseas. I mean, we're going to South Korea now and Japan and in China. And, um, and, and so seeing a lot of uptake there because those guys were, we're ahead of the curve, right? They were they were doing NA far 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 prior to when we were doing it. And, oh, yeah. and we're in Europe. It's a huge thing. Oh yeah, look Not at Germany. Germany's got more NA beers than exactly. I think any other country. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And they make some of the best, right? So yeah. uh because they've been doing it for so long. Uh so yeah. Um yeah, I was happy to hear about your roots, but I, I think um I think, yeah, like you mentioned, I think competition has something to do with it and then just expanding uh getting into different territories across the uh, across the state i mean we're seeing finally finally retailers and retailers are the are the bellwether because retailers push push the distributors which push us to get products onto the shelf and the retailers like target for example uh walmart they're being very strangely progressive about non-out they're leading the charge by putting in not just non-alc sets for beer, but non-alc destination sets for everything. Wine, spirits, RTDs are getting to that that place far quicker than the the Krogers and the, you know the the Albertsons of the world. Um, so I think the uptake maybe it was too slow to be able to sort of expand um, as fast as one needed to get again to get to those kinds of scale to build the brands out. That makes sense. So and that's- uh, yeah. It feels like such a huge victory as someone that, you know, I, I don't drink alcohol at all and walking into somewhere like a target and seeing, even if it's, you know, your four foot section, that's a huge yeah. leap forward from even, you know, a year ago, two years ago. It's, it's crazy. And, and you, yeah. you love seeing and, it and that, <laughs> to that point. Yeah. That, that, I mean, it still is four feet, right? I think total wine maybe got to eight feet and they've been again, also a leader, yeah. but geez, I mean, you can't, with all the brands coming out, you can't, you, you can't build a category that way. You got to expand the, the linear square footage there to, to get all these great brands uh, up on the show. Yeah, and hopefully it all keeps expanding. I can, I, can we get in the weeds on one thing? Cause I learned this a couple of years ago and, and hopefully you can confirm this is true and then blow everyone's minds. Um, the, is it true there's only like three companies that you can get cans from? That is true. Uh, yeah, I mean, during the pandemic, right, during the whole can crunch and all that, yeah. we saw a lot of imports come onto the scene. But, um, you know, it, it's, it, it is crazy that um, you would think such a simple thing. It's not that simple. Uh, make a can, make a lid, uh, make it work together. Uh, you think about all the pressure that goes right into a, a beer that's bouncing around, especially if we're doing DTC, bouncing around the back of a UPS truck with all that <laughs> carbonation working against it. It's pretty amazing to get a, a kit and uh, technology making a can. But yeah, um, there are only a handful of, of can providers. It's true. So, yeah, and I bring that up because, A, I don't think the consumers understand that because during the can, you know, the can, what'd you call the can crunch? I love that. Pandemic, um, yeah. Yeah. It, it was like, what, if Pepsi wants an order, sorry, you're on the back burner because they're freaking Pepsi, right? Like that's how it was going. And so all these breweries yeah. were kind of screwed over in the long run. And uh, just seeing the cans behind you and, and that context of what it takes for a brewery to get those cans sometimes is insane. And I don't oh, think yeah. people understand yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people uh, actually have a lot of ingredients for beer, 
you know, prior to pandemic, they were uh, on contract, pops, grain, cans, things like that. It ended up backfiring a little bit because uh, you were locked into a certain price. You were allocated certain, you know, you have to buy your cans from that supplier, whether it's ball directly, usually you have to be pretty, pretty large to buy cans from usually go from a broker. And, and so uh, I've always kind of prided myself uh, on being a little bit more scrappy drives our suppliers a little crazy because I'm always, what's your price? What's your price? What's your price? We were uh, lucky uh, that we weren't sort of beholden to a lot of these suppliers that under contract, we could go out and buy stuff on the open market, which for the first time was actually the way to do it. Before I get to Gravitas, I want to address one more thing as far as being in the weeds that I still don't have a full answer on. And I'm sure it's just some stupid legislation, but what happened changing from stout to dark in the NA space? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, uh, it's a government, right? They're, they're going to, if there's a will, there's a way uh, to get revenue. And so in the, in the early stages and early days of, of alcohol legislation, uh, hey, you make beer, let's get some tax revenue. Okay, we're going to make non-alc beer. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't let that one slide. Uh, if you use malt... And hops, you're a beer now. It doesn't matter what your ABV is, you're a beer. All right, well, we're going to make, you know, because you have alcohol, right? Historically, to make a beer, I mean, malt, you hops, uh, hops, and the methods back then was you made an alcoholic beer and you removed it. Well, fine by them. They figured that one out. But then, okay, now we're going to make any beer without getting to 0.5%. So we're never going to have alcohol. Oh, no, no, we can't have that. We got to tax you anyway. So... Now it's just they took away ABV and, and again, malt, hops. Now, with the advent of, of um, hard seltzers, who, which a lot of them are malt-based, no hops. Oh, no, no. We're going we're gonna to tell you we still need to tax you for that. So <laughs> long story short, it's, it's, uh, the TTB came a knock in and said, look, uh, even though you're not really under the TTB, we still want to derive some revenue from you. So you got to make it so you change from, <laughs> from dark uh, to stout. And really... The only exception is IPA because IPA is slang, right, for yeah. India Pale Ale. So IPA is really the only one you can still use uh, on a can. Uh, otherwise, if it's, if it's an alcoholic style, you can't use it. It's the stupidest thing. <laughs> it's like, and anyone that that well, watches my reviews or anything knows that, like, I refuse to call things dark. Like, it's it's a freaking stout, and I know legally probably you can't uh, say that. I hate I'm it. Not I hate it. Uh, in internal literature, literature, we we use dark stout, but uh I'll, I'll never forget the day we changed and we just changed the label on cans and and we got a, a flurry of, of hate email what the hell i ordered stouts why are you saving this dark yeah like, yeah but have you tasted it it's the same same beer yeah yeah but, i remember my uh, first uh, yeah, my first no, case of oatmeal i got the oatmeal dark i was like what the hell's happening yeah. here <laughs> yeah exactly exactly That's... yeah no i mean like politics, uh, lobbyists—it's—it's—we're—we're yeah. it's, we're, we're no different, I guess. So. Well, we're not immune. On the note of stouts, yeah, I'm calling it that. Uh, Gravitas, which is your barrel-aged stout, um, this is the fifth run, correct? Yeah, it's number five. We we did it prior, but yeah, this is really the the, the fifth iteration of Gravitas. Uh, uh, in this, you know, sort of nice uh, looking bottle here. Now, what 
So I have a lot of and questions if about I, this. If I have actually one of the original ones next to me here, but no, I'll have to dig it out. Yeah, I, I, I did not follow directions and kept, I think, the first one and the second one for much longer than I probably should have. Uh, but because <laughs> yeah. well because i mean to your credit they're so fucking good and there's two yeah. things when i quit drinking there was two things that i couldn't find and like one of them i still can't find a replacement for um one is single malt scotch you're not going to make a non-alcoholic single malt scotch it's not going to happen there's just not i've had every sort of ritual whatever like it's just not in the cards because oh. it's just part of the you know, you can't you can't make a single malt scotch that's not alcoholic. Part of that burn is like part of the scotch. Anyway, and the second one. Well, hold on before before uh -oh. you continue. Uh oh, we're working on something. That's, okay. that's that's good. Yeah, it's pretty. It's, you're right. The 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 ways in which some companies have tried to attempt the burn and the mouthfeel, and you shouldn't see the dryness through chili peppers. Yeah. I think that's what they do. It's not the. It's disgusting. One. It's the wrong kind of burn too. It's the back of the throat accumulating burn. That's not an alcohol burn. I I feel your pain, and I, <laughs> I, I we got some pretty good in the pipes here. So you know, well, I think you'll be look. Okay. Yeah, you can't. You're, you're not gonna. You're not gonna. You're, you know. You're not gonna uh, replace a single malt. Maybe a blended like yeah. a Johnny Walker. I think we'll get there, but <laughs> we're working on it. But. Oh yeah, no. I'll still uh, when my brother-in-law's got a bottle of like Balvenie Doublewood. I'll just like smell the cork for a minute because it's just. There's a certain, I don't know, it's, it's great. But, and, and oddly enough, that yeah. was never something I drank to like get drunk. It was just like, I just uh -huh. like scotch. Um, but the second one is the bourbon barrel aged flavor in a, in a good stout, because again, yeah. how do you do that without the alcohol? Because that's like a huge piece of that flavor as well. And yeah. your guys's blends have changed over the years each each iteration of gravitas is a little different than the last um and i i'm curious about how that has worked out each year because you know some some seem to be a little more mapley and some like maybe on the sweeter side and last year's and i don't know if you like read any of my reviews or last year's was like the best <laughs> thing uh, i i have had i think number four like i'm curious about five because four was just perfect like this perfect amount of everything you want in that beer the balance was great the yeah. the the bourbon flavor was great the maple was nothing was overpowering it was all like complimenting each other it was perfect um yeah so send me a case for free no i'm just kidding but or am i uh, <laughs> but i i i'm wondering like what did that start as because like I, why, why doesn't why don't you guys do it year round why doesn't every brewery do it like that is the beer i love um, and I'm sad it's only around once a year, but what does that start as is like getting a barrel aged non-alcoholic beer. And then how has that recipe changed over the years that, that it's created the different iterations and, and become such a limited thing. And what does that look like on your end? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look, it was inspired by, you know, the bourbon counties of the world, the bourbon country. And, and so we were like, we got to do something simpler. And the trick was, is how do you get that? Um, yeah, as you said, because barrel aging lends quite a bit of ABV to uh, its contents. And so we figured that out and it took us a while, but it was something I knew we had to do. And not just from, as you know, um, 
from a, a taste perspective, but I mean, look, half the battle with non-alk beer is getting something in your hand that's uh, looks like a beer, tastes like a beer, you know, it's nice and cold. And again, going back to my friend who was only embarrassed of whipping out that O'Doul as well, he had to whip out that O'Doul at the holiday table where everyone else was drinking, where they were drinking these wonderful barrel-aged stouts. And we had to fix that. And so, uh, you know, again, part of it is just having something you're finally proud of. You know, you throw it up on the table, people are like, whoa, what the hell is that? Yeah. You know, and then you give them a sip. You don't tell them they're not alcoholic. None of them will believe you. And and, and so, um, you know, in looking at the various styles that have come out with, with alcoholic barrel aids, we kind of wanted to emulate some of them. And so I went off the reservation one year and went for like a, uh, was a cordial with like a dark, a dark chalk and cherry. It was good. I loved it. But to your point, I think last year, and I just cracked it for um, a few days ago to see how it, how it stood up. I, I was blown away. Like, um, <laughs> I'm like, wow, that actually, that actually was, they're not expected to, but they withstood the, the, the test of time and it tasted just like it was the day we bottled it. Um, and so uh, that one was noticeable. I think you liked it because it did have the very uh, pronounced that sort of, um, I call it raisin, but it's this very yeah bourbon sort of flavor to barrel-aged stouts that, um, that you see. And also the body too, which is something we worked on for a long time because NA beers tend to be thin. That's when we're trying to emulate and get the process down to develop some body because you need that too. Um, you'll love this year's. We really, really the the bourbon, and this this year was different because we all rum aged as well. So it's got a, a little bit of rum to it, which is nice. A little bit of sweetness from the rum, a little bit of bourbon, in it, but it's far more pronounced. Um, and, and look, the beer, like beer should, at least a, a, a decent barrel aged out. That beer straight out of the fridge is far different than that beer sitting uh, for twenty minutes on on the counter before you you um you enjoy it i mean you'll start seeing the notes of the chocolate the caramel the coffee the maple they start opening up which is kind of neat yeah uh another another thing we, we tried to to get right and and look we're still it's only five years i think we still have some time to go but <laughs> uh, i think for the the time being we've done pretty well so far and i just love that um it, it really talks to what we're trying to do as a brand everyone says they have the best liquid and, and it's premium experience but again harking back to my friend who was not just 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 pissed off they had to drink this stuff, but he was just embarrassed to to, to even have one or, or order one. Um, you know, we're trying to uh, change that stigma as um, as you know, um, we're trying to we're trying to make uh, NA beer rival some of the best non alcoholic iterations and look uh, a 22 percent APP is going to be hard but those things are just i don't know they're just all heat and you know it's like it's yeah. like getting the hottest hot sauce at some point it's just it's just burnt there's where's the flavor and so um i think it's kind of a funny way of how we approach it approach it here we're trying to get the the best of both worlds and and again we're using that technology that we developed to start creating some of those i wouldn't say single malt but you know uh, whiskeys and, and, um, and, and spirits and, and really RTDs as well. Um, so yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'm excited about Gravitas five. I, I obviously maxed my order out and hopefully <laughs> look forward to it arriving. Um, and la last year, just like 
It's a, it's going to be a tough act to follow. I, I almost expected a press release from you guys. Just be like, hey, we screwed up. This one's alcoholic. <laughs> just so you guys know. <laughs> um, well, look. Because it was, it was just so. We, we've always. We, <laughs> when you push the envelope, there's. And you know, look. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we always try to push the envelope uh, in the name of science and, and trying to. And God knows we've we've taken a couple of steps backwards. It's just it is what it is. I think you have to innovate. Yeah. Um, we never know until it gets out there in wide release. And, um, cause it's a hard thing. It's, it's, it's not like, it's not like we're putting on, on top of a, a pallet and shipping out to one of our distributors. It's, and it goes quite a bit of, um, you know, bouncing around, it goes through heat, it goes through cold. It's, it, it's, it goes through more things than most beers do, uh, with DTC since it's a DTC only release. But, um, you know, part of that, going back to production, right? A beer is a beer. You can make, anyone can make a beer. It's hard to make a beer consistent. It's harder to make that beer consistent once it gets packaged. Packaging is the hardest, hardest part of, of beer distribution and, and getting it out there. There's so many things fighting against you yeah. uh, when you put that beer into, uh, into a can or a bottle. It's just, uh, you know, it's, it's it, ultimately it's got yeast in it. It's, you're caging it up. You're sending it out. It wants to get out. It wants to do some fun stuff with uh, its friends, you know, the sugar and the, all the other stuff. And so, uh, yeah, it's a big, it's a big science experiment uh, on right. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So. I, I, well, I'm pumped about it. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk to you about is kind of the, the sober space and the, you know, the, we talked about people, what'd you call it? Zebra striping. Love that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And just, I, I've read some of your interviews and stuff in regards to that and trying to like be a beer for everybody. And, and I'm wondering where you personally identify in relation to the, like the sober space and where you see Bravis in there and, and what that relationship looks yeah, like. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look, when we first started, very, I mean, smaller than it is now, a very small, uh, non-out community. And it was predominantly, you know, three, three different groups. Uh, and, and now we call those the, the can't havers, uh, recovery, uh, health, more so like medication that you can't, uh, mix with alcohol and health in general, you know, you're an 85 year old to guy and the doctor says, look, Jim, uh, one more beer. And it's going to be, it'll be the last thing you do on this planet. And so, um, and, and then obviously the, the other groups like pregnant and, and religion, but we learned early on in making a good product. We got our hand slapped by a, a few people in the community saying, look, um, don't, don't, don't target us. Uh, you know, your beer is pretty realistic, realistic. You could cause someone to get back on the wagon. That's not a good thing. And so, um, I said, you know, that, that makes sense. And so, um, really sobriety for us wasn't, uh, a target. Um, it was more like, let's just make something really good and, and they'll, if they like what they like, they'll, they'll, they'll join. Right. Uh, and, and, and now it's, it's changed so much again. I hate to use the inflection points, the pandemic, but it really was the time where people started looking at, at more. And look, Props Athletic, they realized this early on, the big driver now is health and wellness. It's the biggest driver of, of NA. And, and especially the young kids, the kids, the kids aren't drinking these days. 
they're doing plenty of other things, which we won't get into, but they're just not drinking alcohol. Yeah. And and they never really grew up on craft beer. They went right to the the kombucha, the the the, the white claw, the the trulies. And so yeah, I mean, we really looked at it and said, look, this is a beer. And then we started off, this is a beer. Don't call it anything else but a beer. Uh, you know, this is not a this is not a kombucha, right? <laughs> but we we changed. We said, look, um, in order for this category to grow, we really have to look at this more of a beverage. I mean, it's good. It's good for you. It tastes good. Pairs well with a cheeseburger or whatever. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, it's changed a bit. Uh, whereas yeah, recovery was a, was a big driver in image. I know it still is, but, uh, for us in terms of marketing and who our large consumer is, it's really sort of that middle, middle zebra striper who loves, um, loves to have a beer, a uh, regular beer, but also is, is trying to be a bit better in, in terms of calories or just, just overall health and will weave in a, a non-alc. And, and you, you mentioned something that's interesting too. We find that they're not really brand loyal. They're more uh, flavor loyal or style loyal. Uh, not, not loyal, I should say. They're willing to try different and we'll go to, they'll drink a whole different you know, set of brands. If those brands are producing the specific style yeah. that they like, it's a blood orange IPA, whether it's a, a hazy, whether it's whatever it is. So yeah, it's, it's changed so much. Um, that's kind of why we love DTC a lot. It, DTC is a direct line into the people that are consuming, yeah. uh, the beer wholesale. Once it leaves the brewery, you don't have much insight into who, what, or, or why drinking your beer until, something bad happens, then you, then you hear about it. But, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting that we, um, again, still early days. And so we're trying to figure it out. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I, I drink, uh, I don't drink a lot. My wife and I have what's called bad beer, bad pizza and bad TV night, which may or may not consist of the real housewives of Orange County. Can't <laughs> confirm or deny. But um, it's a, it's a one opportunity uh, where I'm not you know trying new styles, alcoholic or non. Uh, we drink a, a good old fashioned Coors Light. Uh, has to be a pint because it's I love those aluminum can uh, bottle cans. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, you know I, I guess I'm I would say lucky, but uh, I do love beer. I, I don't drink as, as much as I, I normally would uh, these days with uh, kids and responsibilities and a business. But uh, I just I just love the the whole aspect of it. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's a, yeah, that's a great place to kind of wrap up. I mean, unless you have some other stuff you wanted to, to bring up, I think we covered a lot of our bases there. <laughs> yeah, no, no, look, uh, I appreciate the support. Uh, the biggest thing we all need uh, is awareness. And, uh, and so I appreciate uh, all those, uh, all those involved in, in trying to spread the word and, and really getting us there. And I'm still amazed that, um, you know, People still to this day do not know that a quality, uh, great tasting and beer exists. And, and, uh, again, it's just our job and everyone's job here in the, in the space to help just spread the word. So. That's yeah, that's what I'm down there doing. So I appreciate you providing the, uh, resources for me to promote. So, uh, you keep brewing them. I'll keep yep. reviewing them. I'm also going <laughs> to, I think good. I'm going to tag Lucky that because I've never said that before. And now I feel very excited about something. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, Philip, I appreciate the time. And, uh, I, again, I look forward to yeah. Gravitas five and, and I will be sure to let you know what I think. Awesome.
Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, man. Take care. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right, you just listened to my interview with Philip Brandis. And again, if you guys want to head over to bravis.com and use the code FRIENDREQUEST at checkout, all one word, you can save yourself a 10% on some of them new beers. And I got a shout out to Phil. Uh, during this, I was like, and I took this out because it's not great for audio, but I was like, oh, I got to crack a Bravis while I'm talking to you. And I opened a beer and it just exploded. And... Uh, I was I was embarrassed, and I figured it was because I had it on the top shelf of my fridge, which gets close to freezing sometimes. And after the interview, he reached out to me and checked the batch number on that can and um, essentially reimbursed me for the beer. Uh, and as of recording this, I don't have my Gravitas. I will get it tomorrow. <clears throat> Excuse me. And... I will let you guys know what that's like. If you don't already follow and you are curious about this, I do my beer reviews for The Sober Curator, which we've talked about a lot. You can go to thesobercurator.com. Um, and you can also follow me on Instagram at Beers and 90s. And YouTube is where all the video reviews are at Beers and 90s. Um, I might just do like TikTok videos in the future. We'll see. We'll see. But either way, if you are in the NA space or curious about it or you want to do zebra striping, as was talked about, uh, this is a, this is the place to follow me. All of those fun little handles I mentioned and websites I mentioned and Johnny Gabapadis. That's a word. Okay. Have a good week. Bye-bye.